Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. That's right, that's it's right. It's going to be us. We can drink and talk shit as much as we want. Nobody can say anything to it. D.L. Hubley, uncut. <laughs> hey, now, it is uh, D.L. Hughley uncut. Of course, I am D.L. Hughley. I'm Jasmine Sanders. What up, it's your boy Special K. What is going on with Mitch, uh, Mitch, McCon- Mitch, Mitch, Mitch McConnell's hand? hand? He stuck it where he's somewhere he shouldn't have. Literally, his hand is so black, they're going to try to suppress his vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you notice, it's not just one, it's two. I don't Well, yeah, he's getting blacker by the minute. I swear to God, he's going to have yeah. sickle cell by the time this election. It's true. <laughs> Even his mouth, the area around his mouth and everything. Shit. I don't know what's going on with turning black. He in Kentucky. He's such a black dude. He can't even read Mark Twain right now. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on one hand, he's swearing in Supreme Court justice. The other one hand, he's playing Tonk. It's fucking crazy. It Grandma's is crazy. <laughs> I tell you what, though, the person that he's running against there, uh, the, the the woman, the female, the Marine that he's running yeah. against, she ain't to be played with. I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm going, I can't wait to vote. I'm, I'm I'm very excited about uh, voting. I'm not excited, but I, I, I can't wait to vote, I should say. And I definitely think things are different when Putin says, oh, no, Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong. It looks like he's got to go, oh, this nigga don't look like he'll win. Yeah, <laughs> what you going to say now, <laughs> yeah, Trump? Yeah, so, <laughs> and and I, I just, I think that uh, this this last few days of, of Pence's, uh, you know, Pence's uh, uh, oh, his team team getting all COVID uh, corona. Out. That's what I and call And him it. still going to work and exposing people. And he's he said he has to go to work because he's a essential worker. Worker and Mexican was like you too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think it shows the kind of callous disregard and the wanton selfishness that they've always exhibited. That now literally, literally, uh, in a very little way, puts people's lives in real danger. 
Oh, of course, you can tell. The fact that, that reporters ask them, whenever you come out to brief us, please wear a mask. Right. And even now, in the midst of all of them just about getting COVID, the, 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 the chief White House correspondent refuses to wear uh, a mask. Because they think it's, they, they think it's, 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 it's very interesting. And I owe a public ap- apology to Jamie Harrison, um, the uh, candidate for the uh, Senate in South Carolina. Carolina. I never thought that he uh, was, uh, it was going to be a viable candidacy. But oh, I, yeah. I, I, after I saw that debate, I realized, and you know, the way he's fighting and the way he's articulating his vision, um, it, that, that it really, I have to give an apology and tell him I was wrong. Uh, he is doing so well that he has actually scared Lindsey Graham straight. Uh, <laughs> what? Our next guest was raised in one of the leading families of the white nationalist movement. While attending a liberal arts college, he was condemned by the campus community for his beliefs, which led to him to engage with anti-racist beliefs. He is the subject of the recent book, Rising Out of Hatred, The Awakening of a Former White Nationalist. Welcome to the program, R. Derek Black. Hey, now, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's weird. I'm going to say something weird. You don't look like a white supremacist. You look like Simply Red. I keep, keep I want to hear it home back to years. I don't know. You look like I think that I think that's part of the problem. People yeah. always think that, that you can like spot them. They're, you, they're, you, they're everywhere. Like they have a certain look. Is that yeah. is that really the problem? People think that they look a certain way. Yeah, I, I mean, you've probably seen it. People always mm-hmm. think that yeah. like white supremacists like they they live in trailer parks, so they've right. got tattoos on their face or something. But you know, there, there's people in every industry in the country who call themselves white nationalists and they don't always tell their coworkers. But but the weirdest thing is it's such a it's such a moniker. No one I mean, I don't know what what is a white nationalist? What is a white supremacist? Right. So white nationalists I try to limit it to like the actual movement because there are people in the country and like around the world who call themselves white nationalists. Right. And they know other people who are white nationalists. Their kids are babysat by other white nationalists. They marry white nationalists. And it's this social movement right. of people who believe that race is real and biological, and they want white people separated from everyone else, and they want only white immigration. And and I think it's also important to note they're extremely anti-Semitic. They think that Jewish people right. are running a conspiracy around the right. world. And like that's the social movement of white nationalism. Which, which I think is different from just like racism in, in well, well, because it, it it is more nuanced than I would have imagined it was. But um, and and white supremacy is different than white nationalism. I a lot of the people I talk to they try to like use white supremacy just to talk about like racism in right. the country. You know, like right. hiring, uh, incarceration, the right. way the way like society treats people different because of race. Like we talk about white supremacy being that, and then white white power white nationalism, like the social movement of people who are either mainstream political or who are like violent extremists. Right. It's this social movement of people who are, who are not that not that many of them. Like you're talking about tens of thousands of people at the most. But it and, seems and, like so much more pervasive than that. It really does. It seems like it's everywhere. I mean, I guess I see it on Facebook. I see it, you know, on, on, on social media. I see it on the news. I see it at rallies. So it seems yeah, yeah. much more per- pervasive than, than you would you would tell us. Uh, you would I mean, th- think about it how my family's goal before before I was even born and I got 
committed to it when I was a teenager. I thought this is the right thing. I tried to help them advance it. I ran for office. I won a local office. And their goal is to take people who are more subtle, who are just like they don't like immigration or they think like black people commit crimes, like find white people who. You mean like my neighbors, like all of my neighbors and everybody I work with. Yeah, like white people who just kind of have some racist thoughts right. and white nationalists want to find them and make them more extreme, like ramp it up, get them to buy into a whole world conspiracy, get them to start talking about race, start saying racist things, start like buying into this whole ideology. So, so you basically and, had a concept of what it was before you had you ever met any black people when this kind of uh, dogma was instilled? like you had you ever had any interactions yeah. with black people or was it just something you already we're getting kind of indoctrinated with before you ever had an experience with them. Like, all right, so both. I grew up in South Florida, so it was like a, a diverse, it was right. a racially diverse right. place. Right. I, I went I went to a school that was mostly Hispanic up until I was in third grade, right. and my family pulled me out because right. they didn't want me to be in a school with, with different, races, right. different races in my class. Uh, I like knew people growing up, but it was never something that really I had to confront because it... I'd go and like hang out with black kids sometimes they'd find out that my family advocated white nationalism well that I was like on HBO when I was 16 and they'd bring it up they'd say like this is this is messed up and I would just say like oh you know I don't want to talk about it can't can't we keep that separate right for most of my life up until college people were fine with that they would say okay yeah if you don't want to talk about that I'm not I don't sure as hell don't want to talk about that but when you were a kid and you were hanging around, you know, black people or Hispanic people, did you ever see some of the things and actions that actually were completely different than what your parents taught you about black people or about Hispanic people? I, my life was a bit sheltered, right? I was homeschooled to the time up until college. And so I could hang out with people. I could see them like one-on-one. And then my family had this belief that we could, you could talk to anybody. You could be friends with anybody. But then that didn't mean that the whole of society wasn't this mm. way. That like ah, so racial stuff in the aggregate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like individuals Exception to rules, yeah. Um, yeah, but millions of people. That's where all this race stuff. And it like always that, that's seems, my family I always get this. Okay, now it seems very pervasive right now. Why do you think uh, there is certainly this uptick in 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 in, in white supremacy, uh, in white nationalism? Why do you think that it's been on the rise? I mean, obviously, since the Obama presidency till now, we've seen a steady climb, a steady increase. Um, and I can understand it for for Obama. I mean, I I wouldn't agree with it, but I can understand it. But but now is un, under this current administration, is it that they feel a kinship? Do they feel emboldened? Do they think they're in danger? Or what, what would you think is the reason why it's just expanding? Yeah, I mean the the white nationalist movement feels like their whole theory is is proven true. Like they thought that millions of people believe stuff that's a little more subtle version of what they believe. And they just need to let them say it. They just need to let them uh, find the right politician or the right movement or the right TV show or like something that they could latch on to. And they think that Trump winning the presidency proves that. And so that's why you saw Charlottesville. It's because more people wanted to come out in March because they thought that was their moment. So they thought but, they were they were being uh, they were they were finding a kinship with people that they were being uh, yeah. because, you know, it became so mainstream. It's like. Some by the from four years ago till now, there are so many things that would have been abhorrent four years ago that are just now. We just kind of this is kind of what every day happens. Nance. it happens every day, and so I think we we've kind of gotten we've we've normalized so much of this behavior that is 
almost indistinguishable between what what somebody who's a blatant racist and somebody who just has kind of racist views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's intentional. Like that has been what this movement has been trying to do for decades. They they try to come up with ways of saying things that can go get onto mainstream TV that people feel like not so threatened by that people feel like they can latch onto. That that's always been the goal. I could always tell that when, when uh, they released the footage from what was going on in uh, Charlottesville, uh, the people who were carrying the tiki torches certainly took me by surprise because in my head, I mean, obviously thinking about racism or white supremacy or even white nationalism, I'm thinking they're going to come out and they're going to have overalls and hats. And there they were in these khakis and these button down white tops. And I was like, who the hell are these people? Right, Where do they come right, from? Right. It seemed like it was a movement. And since then, it's just been progressively going forward. Yeah. I, I mean, if you really, if you really think about it, the people who can drive across the country to go to a rally, the people who can donate, the people who can be members uh, of something like that, they have at least disposable income. You know, right. they, they at least have the ability to take off some vacation days so they can go go drive across the country and uh, a little bit of spare money to buy tiki torches. Like, it, it's, not <laughs> right, a, it's, right. not, it's not like... Are they that expensive? They I are. <laughs> <laughs> Never They're not well, cheap. Only buy, when I'm having a buy barbecue. 500 of them. Exactly. <laughs> I guess you get a buy one get one free. What, what do you what do you what do you hope? Uh, because you say you're 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 not uh, a, a white supremacist anymore. Is that like an alcoholic? Like once you're an alcoholic, you always one. You always have to. It's like kind of one day at a time thing. Is it something you always fight against, or is it? Or have you truly seen that the way you view the world wasn't quite as full as as, as it should be, and that you. Well, do, do you think you were wrong? Do you think the way you were raised was wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm filled with a lot of shame that I, I didn't just grow up in a white nationalist family. I bought into it. I believed it was right. I believed my family were right. I tried to help advance it. I ran for office. I ran a radio program. Like I did a lot of stuff up until I was 21 and I went to college. And it was this long experience over three years at this little college where people found out what I was doing. They found out that I was on the news. They found out that I was talking about white power. And their message was to condemn me, to say, you know, we, we don't want a white supremacist here. And there was a handful of people who, you know, invited me to these smaller things. And I think that combination, the having a campus community that was saying, get out of here. We want people who you are threatening to feel safe here. And then people who also at the same time are saying, how can you possibly advocate this stuff and then come to dinner here, come hang out with us? And it, you, you think that we don't belong in this country and you're going to hang out and talk and like years of that. Uh, just kind of broke things down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this is about seven years ago at the conclusion of this, I wrote this letter uh, publicly condemning uh, my ideology and, you know, by consequence, my family. And I've spent years since then trying to figure out what exactly am I supposed to do after that. So what is your belief now, though? Do you believe that, that all men are created equal regardless of race? Or do you, like, how do you feel when you're in the elevator with, with someone black? I mean, obviously. I know how cold. I feel. I know how I feel about it. <laughs> like, is there, because I, I don't understand the mental, like, I mean, I get that you made yeah. the switch, but when you're walking now down the street next to someone or at a restaurant with, with, with a lot of black people or Hispanic people in your whole life, you've been taught this one thing. What goes through your mind now? Yeah. I mean, for, for in the early days, yeah, there was a lot of 
I, I have been raised with this idea you're only supposed to be around white people, you're only supposed to be friends with white people. That, that was a long time ago. Like these days, I, I work with anti-racists, I work with a lot of black activists, I work with Hispanic activists. I like spend a lot of years now just trying to figure out how I can be helpful in those mm. kind of I think you're being helpful but I, but right I like, now. Yeah. I think uh, that it's interesting. I think you're being very helpful right now. You know what's funny? All of us, like I, I was raised with a mother who said if she can't use her comb, don't bring her home. That we you, People form... There, there are these places that we find these echo chambers that kind of only espouse or edify the things we believe, uh, whether they're accepted in, 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 in everyday society or not. And oftentimes the thing you need to change is to move out of your comfort zone. And that being if all you ever hear is these things and everybody around you regurgitates those things, of course you're going to believe it. It's the, the belief is a solid belief when you can have it challenged and it still makes sense in the light of day. And I think that what happens is when you have those types of belief, they just don't hold up in the light. They just don't like you can't. So so I think you are doing what you can. Do, do you do you believe are your parents disappointed? They got to be like, right. They, they're a little disappointed, right? I, I mean, they think I'm going against everything that they believe. Like they, they were already doing this for 30 years before I was born. Uh, they, they built this movement and they're it, I, I don't have a great relationship. I don't have much of a relationship at all with them anymore. And it was not clear we were going to be able to even keep talking after I wrote this letter, like because that mm-hmm. was what our family was, is, wow. is white nationalists, people who build this movement and try to try to advance this stuff. And okay, so um, what, what do you hope happens? What do you want out of this thing? What do you what, what do you mean, want it to look like? What, what do you want? Because uh, because you've you've lost your relationship with a family. You've you've basically uh, for the majority of your life lived a way that now you're having conflict with. Uh, so that's a lot of that's pretty brave to kind of face that in itself. But what do you hope happens with you right. with 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 uh, the country with people who have experiences with you? What do you think? What do you want to happen? Yeah. I mean, in my life, when when I first got to the point where I don't believe this anymore, I think it's morally wrong, I think it's factually wrong, all that stuff, I just wanted to not say anything. I wanted to crawl under a rock and yeah. stop talking. And, and, and like, it was a hard choice even then to say, I, I've got to make a public statement. I've got, I've been publicly promoting it. I've got to publicly condemn it. And it's that kind of thing that pushes me now. I, I don't do that many public events. I try to make it specific. I don't just, like... Do, I've got a day job, you know, yeah. and, and but I, I think I and everybody has a responsibility to push back because the one thing that I really learned is that the only reason anything changes is because people speak up like it, it, even that little microcosm of the college community I was at. The reason anything changed was because all those people spoke up. They condemned me. They told me I was wrong. They told me I was hurting them. I was messing with their lives. And before that, nobody had. Nobody had people. It's amazing how benign people think this is like people think it's really like you'll hear people. I've heard people who I know uh, make these arguments that I know. I know what it means. I know it's a dog whistle and they'll be insistent. There are people I can't I I refuse to deal with now because I think one of the things between Trump and and, and the Corona uh, epidemic pandemic. I think that you've seen um, it, it was kind of stripped away and you could just kind of see people for what they were. Uh, and, and I know it's like anything else. You can't you're not all of any one thing. But I do think uh, that doing something that you know is wrong and, and saying something about it is, is, is one thing to actually engage with the people. You would have never mm-hmm. had a conversation with us uh, tw- 10 right. years ago. Right. You wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. Um, and now you are, and, and, and I think that you've lost a pretty substantial part of your life, and I hope the next part of it is doing something 
and you don't have to like flip to the other side, but obviously if you have been if you've had your convictions challenged and you've come away changed by them, uh, I think that's as human as anybody ever hopes to be. Right? Yeah. I mean what I I learned, you know, I think the general thing that I've learned from this is that people don't change their mind because you give them the right facts. Like, I mean, that's part of it. You got to you got to tell them why they're wrong, but people change their mind because of some kind of community, you know? Mm. And I th- I think you need to think about if any kind of deeply held belief, if you're asking anyone to, to change it, to think something different, what you're really asking them to do is to disconnect from the, the, the connections in their life, yeah. their friends, their family. You're going to tell them their parents were lying, their, their, their way of life yeah. was a lie? That's, that's yeah. got to be... Was it an experience it, with any group of people that made you change? What the kind of was that that light going off moment? Was it, was it a football game? Was it a speech? Was it a date? Was it music? What was it? There was no moment. There was no one moment. It, it was bit by bit, and I think that's how it had to be because there was no moment where I thought, oh, my God, like everything I believe is coming undone in front of me. It was it was piece by piece. It was, well, I don't believe this one little thing anymore, but, you know, I can I'm still me. I still believe the whole the whole thing together. And bit by bit by bit over about three years of having conversations, talking to people, hanging out, questioning, like, what do I actually believe at, at the end of it is the only point where I could say, like, I think I think I don't believe any of this. I think I need to affirmatively say I don't believe this. Wow. And, and, and if, if there's been one moment, very brave. It's very brave. And then you come moment. on here with him. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. <laughs> with this nigga here? here? Oh my goodness. <laughs> but your name is Black, That's so right. you got <laughs> so much of this shit. <laughs> what was the first what was the first holiday like when they're like, Hey mom, I don't believe that we should hate niggas anymore? Like, right. what was that like? What what happened? Like you you went, you go uh, have dinner. What happened? For, the first time I went back was my dad's birthday, and my dad had he created the first white power website. Yeah, and, and, oh, and, and they they would they wouldn't let me in the house. Like I, I showed up, uh, and the family came out. They said you can't come in. And this was a few days after I I said this. Like I I know I, it's not that I just don't believe this. I think it's wrong, and I I think people need to work against it. And my dad came out. He said, "Well, okay, if, if he can't come in, then I'll go out." And he and I drove to a spot by the beach in Florida where we used to go when I was younger, and was like talk things through he, he thought i was completely wrong he thought i was stupid he thought i couldn't believe that i i didn't believe this stuff anymore but he was like how 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 can you come to this conclusion like you've always been smart how, how do you how do you think this and i didn't change his mind i still haven't changed his mind but he was the one who came out of that birthday and said okay i, I still you're still my son oh wow you know what i tell you wow. what uh there you won't change maybe not change his mind uh i think that you got to walk your walk and and do your thing, but I guarantee you're gonna change a lot of people's mind. You, you, doing that makes it safer for other people to come out as as humans. Like it's it's, it's safe to do it. I'm, I'm I'm I didn't quite know what to expect, uh, and you know, and 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 like you, I have a, a very kind of narrower exp- uh, a view of the thing. But I, I will tell you of things. But I tell you what, I think it's very brave. I'm glad that you decided to come on. And if your father won't let you come over, you can come over my house for a little yeah, while. Yeah, you can bit. come hang out with it's us. It's all black food, but you want <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much, man. Be well. Thank you so much. Be well. Good luck to you. Take care. Take 
Our next guest was raised in one of the leading families of the white nationalist movement. While attending a liberal arts college, he was condemned by the campus community for his beliefs, which led to him to engage with anti-racist beliefs. He is the subject of the recent book, Rising Out of Hatred, The Awakening of a Former White Nationalist. Welcome to the program, R. Derek Black. Hey, now, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's weird. I'm going to say something weird. You don't look like a white supremacist. You look like Simply Red. I keep, keep I want to hear it hold back the years. I don't know. You look like I think that I think that's part of the problem. People yeah. always think that, that you can like spot them. They're, you, they're, you, they're everywhere. Like they have a certain look. Is that yeah. is that really the problem? People think that they look a certain way? Yeah. I I mean, you've probably seen it. People always mm-hmm. think that yeah. like white supremacists like they, they live in trailer parks, so they've right. got tattoos on their face or something. But you know, there, there's people in every industry in the country who call themselves white nationalists and they don't always tell their coworkers. But but the weirdest mm. thing is it is such a it's such a moniker. No one I mean, I don't know what what is a white nationalist? What is a white supremacist? Right. So white nationalists I try to limit it to like the actual movement because there are people in the country and like around the world who call themselves white nationalists. Right. And they know other people who are white nationalists. Their kids are babysat by other white nationalists. They marry white nationalists. And it's this social movement right. of people who believe that race is real and biological, and they want white people separated from everyone else, and they want only white immigration. And and I think it's also important to note they're extremely anti-Semitic. They think that Jewish people right. are running a conspiracy around the right. world. And like that's the social movement of white nationalism. Which, which I think is different from just like racism or in, in well, well, because it, it it is more nuanced than I would have imagined it was. But um, and and white supremacy is different than white nationalism. I a lot of the people I talk to they try to like use white supremacy just to talk about like racism in right. the country. You know, like right. hiring, uh, incarceration, the right. way the way like society treats people different because of race. Like we talk about white supremacy being that, and then white white power white nationalism, like the social movement of people who are either mainstream political or who are like violent extremists. Right. It's this social movement of people who are, who are not that not that many of them. Like you're talking about tens of thousands of people at the most. But it and, seems like so much more pervasive than that. It really does. It seems like it's everywhere. I mean, I guess I see it on Facebook. I see it, you know, on, on, on social media. I see it on the news. I see it at rallies. So it seems yeah, yeah. much more per- pervasive than, than you would you would tell us. Uh, you would I mean, th- think about it how my family's goal before before I was even born and I got committed to it when I was a teenager I thought this is the right thing I tried to help them advance it I ran for office I, w- I won a local office and their goal is to take people who are more subtle who are just like they don't like immigration or they think like black people commit crimes like find white people who you mean like my neighbors like, like all of my neighbors and everybody yeah. I work with yeah, like white people who just kind of have some racist thoughts right. and white nationalists want to find them and make them more extreme, like ramp it up, get them to buy into a whole world conspiracy, get them to start talking about race, start saying racist things, start like buying into this whole ideology. So, so you basically and, had a concept of what it was before you had you ever met any black people when this kind of uh, dogma was instilled? like you had you ever had any interactions yeah. with black people or was it just something you already we're getting kind of indoctrinated with before you ever had an experience with them. Like, all right, so both. I grew up in South Florida, so it was like a, a diverse, it was right. a racially diverse right. place. Right. I, I went I went to a school that was mostly Hispanic up until I was in third grade. Right. And my family pulled me out right. because they didn't want me to be in a school with, with 
different races, right. different races in my class. Uh, I like new people growing up, but it was never something that really I had to confront because it, if I'd go and like hang out with black kids, sometimes they'd find out that my family advocated white nationalism. Well, that, I was like on HBO when I was 16 and they'd bring it up. They'd say like, this is, this is messed up. And I would just say like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Can't, can't we keep that separate right. for most of my life up until college? People were fine with that. They would say, okay, yeah, if you don't want to talk about that, I'm not, I don't, Sure as hell don't want to talk about that. But when you were a kid and you were hanging around, you know, black people or Hispanic people, did you ever see some of the things and actions that actually were completely different than what your parents taught you about black people or about Hispanic people? My life was a bit sheltered, right? I was homeschooled to the time up until college. And so I could hang out with people. I could see them like one on one. And then my family had this belief that we could you could talk to anybody. You could be friends with anybody. But then that didn't mean that the whole of society wasn't this mm. way. That like ah, so racial stuff in the aggregate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like individuals. Exception to rules, yeah. Um, yeah, but millions of people. That's where all this race stuff. And it like always that, that's seems, my family I always get this okay. Now, it seems very pervasive right now. Why do you think uh, there is certainly this uptick in 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 in, in white supremacy, uh, in white nationalism? Why do you think that it's been on the rise? I mean, obviously, since the Obama presidency till now, we've seen a steady climb, a steady increase. Um, and I can understand it for for Obama. I mean, I, I I wouldn't agree with it, but I can understand it. But but now is under, under this current administration, is it that they feel a kinship? Do they feel emboldened? Do they think they're in danger? Or what, what would you think is the reason why it's just expanding? Yeah, I mean the the white nationalist movement feels like their whole theory is is proven true. Like they thought that millions of people believe stuff that's a little more subtle version of what they believe. And they just need to let them say it. They just need to let them uh, find the right politician or the right movement or the right TV show or like something that they could latch on to. And they think that Trump winning the presidency proves that. And so that's why you saw Charlottesville. It's because more people wanted to come out in March because they thought that was their moment. So they thought but, they were they were being uh, they were they were finding a kinship with people that they were being uh, yeah. because, you know, it became so mainstream. It's like. Some by the from four years ago till now, there are so many things that would have been abhorrent four years ago that are just now. We just kind of this is kind of what uh, the, uh, every day happens. Nance. it happens every day, and so I think we we've kind of gotten we've we've normalized so much of this behavior that is almost indistinguishable between what what somebody who's a blatant racist and somebody who just has kind of racist views. Yeah, I, I, that's intentional. Like that has been what this movement has been trying to do for decades. They they try to come up with ways of saying things that can go and get onto mainstream TV that people feel like not so threatened by, that people feel like they can latch onto. That that's always been the goal. I could always tell that when when uh, they released the footage from what was going on in uh, Charlottesville, uh, the people who were carrying the tiki torches certainly took me by surprise because in my head, I mean, obviously thinking about racism or white supremacy or even white nationalism, I'm thinking they're going to come out and they're going to have overalls and hats. And there they were in these khakis and these button down white tops. And I was like, who the hell are these people? Right, Where did they come right, from? It right. seemed like it was a movement. And since then, it's just been progressively going forward. Yeah. I, I mean, if you really, if you really think about it, the people who can drive across the country to go to a rally, the people who can donate, the people who can be members uh, of something like that, 
they have at least disposable income. You know, right. they, they at least have the ability to take off some vacation days so they can go go drive across the country and uh, a little bit of spare money to buy tiki torches. Like, it, it's, not <laughs> right, a, it's, right. not, it's not like... Are they that expensive? <laughs> they <I didn't>... are. <laughs> They're not well, cheap. Only buy, one I have a buy barbecue. 500 of them. Exactly. <laughs> I guess you get a buy one get one free. What, what do you what do you what do you hope? Uh, because you say you're 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 not uh, a, a white supremacist anymore. Is that like an alcoholic? Like once you're an alcoholic, you always one. You always have to. It's like kind of one day at a time thing. Is it something you always fight against, or is it? Or have you truly seen that the way you view the world wasn't quite as full as 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 it should be, and that you well, do, do you think you were wrong? Do you think the way you were raised was wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm filled with a lot of shame that I, I didn't just grow up in a white nationalist family. I bought into it. I believed it was right. I believed my family were right. I tried to help advance it. I ran for office. I ran a radio program. Like I did a lot of stuff up until I was 21 and I went to college. And it was this long experience over three years at this little college where people found out what I was doing. They found out that I was on the news. They found out that I was talking about white power. And their message was to condemn me, to say, you know, we, we don't want a white supremacist here. And there was a handful of people who, you know, invited me to these smaller things. And I think that combination, the having a campus community that was saying, get out of here. We want people who you are threatening to feel safe here. And then people who also at the same time are saying, how can you possibly advocate this stuff and then come to dinner here, come hang out with us? And you, you think that we don't belong in this country and you're going to hang out and talk and like years of that. Uh, just kind of broke things down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this is about seven years ago at the conclusion of this, I wrote this letter uh, publicly condemning uh, my ideology and, you know, by consequence, my family. And I've spent years since then trying to figure out what exactly am I supposed to do after that. So what is your belief now, though? Do you believe that, that all men are created equal regardless of race? Or do you like how do you feel when you're in the elevator with with someone black? I mean, obviously, I know how cold. I feel. I know how I feel about it. <laughs> like, is there because I, I don't understand the mental like, I mean, I get that you made yeah. the switch. But when you're walking now down the street next to someone or in, at a restaurant with 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 a lot of black people or Hispanic people in your whole life, you've been taught this one thing. What goes through your mind now? Yeah. I mean, for, for in the early days, yeah, there was a lot of, I, I have been raised with this idea. You're only supposed to be around white people. You're only supposed to be friends with white people. That, that was a long time ago. Like these days I, I work with anti-racists. I work with a lot of black activists. I work with Hispanic activists. I like spend a lot of years now just trying to figure out how I can be helpful in those mm. kind of I think you're being helpful but I, but right I, now. Like, yeah. I think that it's interesting. I think you're being very helpful right now. You know what's funny? All of us, like I, I was raised with a mother who said if she can't use her comb, don't bring her home. That we, you, people form... There, there are these places that we find these echo chambers that kind of only espouse or edify the things we believe, uh, whether they're accepted in, 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 in everyday society or not. And oftentimes the thing you need to change is to move out of your comfort zone. And that being if all you ever hear is these things and everybody around you regurgitates those things, of course you're going to believe it. It's the, the, the belief is a solid belief when you can have it challenged and it still makes sense in the light of day. And I think that what happens is when you have those types of belief, they just don't hold up in the light. They just don't like you can't. So so I think you are doing what you can. Do, do you do you believe are your parents disappointed? They got to be like, right. They, they're a little disappointed, right? I, I mean, they think I'm going against everything that they believe. Like they, they were already doing this for 30 years before I was born. Uh, they, they built this movement and they're it, 
I, I don't have a great relationship. I don't have much of a relationship at all with them anymore. And it was not clear we were going to be able to even keep talking after I wrote this letter, like because that mm. was what our family was, is, wow. is white nationalists, people who build this movement and try to try to advance this stuff. And OK, so mm. what, what do you hope happens? What do you want yeah. out of this thing? What do you what do you I, want it to look like? What, what do you want? Because uh, because you've you've lost your relationship with a family, you've you've basically uh, for the majority of your life lived a way that now you're having conflict with. Uh, so that's a lot of that's pretty brave to kind of face that in itself. But what do you hope happens with you with 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 uh, the country, with people who have experiences with you? What do you think? What do you want to happen? I mean, in, in my life, when when I first got to the point where. I don't believe this anymore. I think it's morally wrong. I think it's factually wrong. All that stuff. I just wanted to not say anything. I wanted to crawl under a rock and yeah. stop talking. And, and and like it was a hard choice even then to say I, I've got to make a public statement. I've got I've been publicly promoting it. I've got to publicly condemn it. And it's that kind of thing that pushes me now. I, I don't do that many public events. I try to make it specific. I don't just like do but I've got a day job, you know, yeah. and. And, but I, I think I and everybody has a responsibility to push back because the one thing that I really learned is that the only reason anything changes is because people speak up. Like it, it, even that little microcosm of the college community I was at, the reason anything changed was because all those people spoke up. They condemned me. They told me I was wrong. They told me I was hurting them. I was messing with their lives. And before that, nobody had. Nobody had people. And, had and said, it's amazing how benign people think this is. Yeah. Like people think it's really like you'll hear people. I've heard people who I know uh, make these arguments that I know. I know what it means. I know it's a dog whistle, and they'll be insistent. There are people who I can't. I, I refuse to deal with now because I think one of the things between Trump and 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 the Corona uh, epidemic pandemic. I think that you've seen um, it, it was kind of stripped away, and you could just kind of see people for what they were. Uh, and and. I know it's like anything else. You can't. You're not all of any one thing, but I do think uh, that doing something that you know is wrong and and saying something about it is 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 one thing. To actually engage with the people, you'd have never mm -hmm. had a conversation with us uh, tw ten right. years ago, right? You wouldn't have done that, yeah. right? Um, and now you are, and 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 I think that you've lost a pretty substantial part of your life, and I hope the next part of it is doing something. And you don't have to like flip to the other side, but obviously, if you have been, if you've had your convictions challenged and you've come away changed by them, uh, I think that's as human as anybody ever hopes to be, right? Yeah. I mean, what I I learned, the only, I think the general thing that I've learned from this is that people don't change their mind because you give them the right facts. Like, I mean, that's part of it. You gotta you gotta tell them why they're wrong. But people change their mind because of some kind of community, you know. Mm. And, and I, th I think you need to think about. If any kind of deeply held belief, if you're asking anyone to, to change it, to think something different, what you're really asking them to do is to disconnect from the, the, the connections in their life, yeah. their friends, their family. You're going to tell them their parents were lying, their, their, their way of life yeah. was a lie? Is it, that's that's yeah. got to be. Was it an experience with any group of people that made you change? What the kind of was that that light going off moment? Was it, was it a football game? Was it a speech? Was it a date? Was it music? What was it? There was no moment. There was no one moment. It, it was bit by bit, and I think that's how it had to be because there was no moment where I thought, "Oh my God!" Like everything I believe is coming undone in front of me. It was it was piece by piece. It was well, I don't believe this one little thing anymore, but you know, I can. I'm still me. I still believe the whole the whole thing together. And bit by bit by bit, over about three years of having conversations, talking to people, hanging out, questioning like, "What do I actually believe?" 
at, at the end of it is the only point where I could say like, I think I think I don't believe any of this. I think I need to affirmatively say I don't believe this. That's very brave. It's very brave. And then you come moment, on here with him. And he goes, <laughs> and with this nigga here? here? Oh my goodness. But your name is Black, That's so right, you got right, so much of this shit. What, what was the first what was the first holiday like when they're like, Hey mom, I don't believe that we should hate niggas anymore? Like, right. what was that like? What what happened? Like you you went, you go oh, have yeah. dinner. What happened? For, the first time I went back was my dad's birthday, and my dad had he created the first white power website. Yeah, and, oh, and, and they they would they wouldn't let me in the house. Like I, I showed up, uh, and the family came out. They said you can't come in. And this was a few days after I I said this. Like I I know I, it's not that I just don't believe this. I think it's wrong, and I I think people need to work against it. And my dad came out. He said, well, okay, if, if he can't come in, then I'll go out. And he and I drove to a spot by the beach in Florida where we used to go when I was younger, and just like talk things through. He he thought I was completely wrong. He thought I was stupid. He thought I couldn't believe that I, I didn't believe this stuff anymore. But he was like, how 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 can you come to this conclusion? Like you've always been smart. How how do you how do you think this? And I didn't change his mind. I still haven't changed his mind. But he was the one who came out of that birthday and said, "Okay, I, I still you're still my son." Oh wow! You know what? I tell you wow. what. Uh, there you won't change. Maybe not change his mind. Uh, I think that you got to walk your walk and. And do your thing, but I guarantee you're gonna change a lot of people's mind. You, you, doing that makes it safer for other people to come out as as humans. Like it's 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 safe to do it. I'm I'm, I'm I didn't quite know what to expect, uh, and you know, and 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 like you, I have a, a very kind of narrower exp- uh, a view of the thing. But I, I will tell you of things. But I tell you what, I think it's very brave. I'm glad that you decided to come on. And if your father won't let you come over, you can come over my house for a little yeah, while. Yeah, you can come hang out with it's us. It's all black food, but you want <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much, man. Be well. Thank you so much. Be well. Good luck to you. Take Bye-bye. care. Take care.